You're listening to the God Stories Radio podcast, www.godstoriesradio.com. This is session seventy. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike, and I'm Trish. What's going on over there, Mikey? I've had a I've had a pretty good week. It's been a, a blessed week. God just keeps on pouring on the favors, the little ones again that I look for. Uh, obviously, waiting for the big ones, but uh, those little ones, I just keep looking for those little blessings that keep coming my way every day. You're not kidding. Uh, you know, Trish and I were talking today, and we've just been getting you know bones all the time thrown our way. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll be uh, producing GSR Productions. We'll be hosting another podcast starting on Tuesday nights called uh, Focus on the Word. Amen. And uh, I'm really excited about producing that, and we've been getting a lot of voiceover work. So a lot of things to bless the ministry. So, Great. Yeah, absolutely. Really? What's going on over there, Trish? Oh, wow, what a week. What a week. Let me tell you, I cried on the way over here tonight because... It was tears of joy, actually. Um, there's a woman that I reached out to. Her daughter has, um, they thought that her daughter had spinal cerebellar ataxia, which is the same thing they thought my daughter had. Her daughter's also four, and her daughter's also named Caitlin. Wow. <laughs> so she had her Caitlin, and I had my Caitlin, and we were both like, you know, they're telling us that our Daughters are going to be like in a wheelchair in ten years and dead in fifteen. I mean, what do you what do you do with that? You know, <sighs> this week, two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. It just seems like it's just been a whirlwind. But she found out that it was something else. They had genetic testing done. They didn't even get a confirmation yet but they gave her the medication to treat this. And already this little girl is able to walk who could not walk wow. overnight, overnight, just from one little bitty pill. It's like, it's just a miracle. It reminds me of that movie where the, with Robin Williams, where the people were awake, awakening or something like that, where, you know, God, just miracles can happen like that. They still happen today. Yes, they do. So that's my praise report, and I'm so happy for her. Just tickled. I wanted to give a shout-out to, I think this is a new country. It is. That we have. Yeah, Costa yeah. Rica. 44 wow. countries. Welcome. Costa Thanks. Rica, welcome. Thanks for listening to God's Stories Radio. Amen. And also, I had a shout-out to Austin Jones and James Crew. They like us on Facebook. Yes. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, James, for listening. I wanted to introduce the guest. We have a really special guest tonight. Yes, we do. We are so blessed. She came in here live and in person. Her name is Dr. Brenda Kelly. She has a radio show. She's been doing radio now for 15 years, and she's a pastor. I'll let you tell more about yourself, and with that, I'll give you Dr. Brenda Kelly. 
Welcome, Dr. Brenda Welcome. Kelly. Thank, thank you. For, thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a privilege to be here, an honor to be able to just share those things that God has poured in us for the time he has in fullness to release it. And so hopefully I will fulfill those things that he has for us to do. So looking Amen. forward to it. Well, here I am. I would like to spend this time giving you a little bit of some testimonies of things throughout my life that have really illuminated where the Holy Spirit has been, is, and always is for every turn, every step that I take. And uh, one of the things that he gives me to remind me of that is I can be driving somewhere and then all of a sudden realize I've been repetitively singing a song. And when I realize what those words are, it then comes into a manifestation of what's going to take place in my life. So the Lord does speak to his people and allows us to walk through those things. And then when we walk through them, people can actually see that, yes, oh my gosh, the Lord is right there with you. Yes. And that's what we want everyone to see is him in it and through it. He's in everything. Amen. Amen. Well, I was traveling the other day somewhere and I was behind schedule, but I was on God's timing and I was singing, you know, the song that every step that I, every step of the way, every step that I, every thing that I say, every mile that I make, something like that. And I just realized that I was doing what I had desired and prayed to the Lord to do. Be with me every step. Be with me every breath. So everything that we say, every breath that we take, every mile that we make, we give to the Lord. And when we give it to the Lord, he privileges us. And just as you were talking earlier, one of my confessions every morning is, I walk in uncommon favor. I have uncommon Mm. revelation of the word, and I have uncommon wealth. And I walk in divine health. And I confess that because I know those are gifts from God. Mm -hmm. And so it's important, just as we receive fresh grace and mercy every day, you know, you just couple your hands and say, Father, I thank you for the grace today, and I receive it in Jesus' name. And that just releases that to, to just come upon us. And then as that come upon us, as we walk, we release it, and it just is there in the atmosphere for anyone else who is around us. And so it's important to me to constantly be aware of how accountable I will be held to be what God's created me to be, and that's in his image. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, I believe that, um, Trish, Trisha, one of the things that you had asked me to share by a previous conversation we had was a little bit about... On your radio show. Yes. Uh, a little bit about my beloved Jim Kelly. I was with this man for 28 years, and it was just a God-given thing. And it started It started with a prayer. It started with me praying. I was a single mom for 12 years, and I can remember exactly praying with tears in my eyes in bed one night saying, you know what, God, if you want me to be single, I'll be single. 
if you want me to be married, it better be someone who loves me just as much as I love him. Not someone who loves me more, not someone who loves me less, but there needs to be something from you. And within a week, I had met this man, Jim Hmm. Kelly. And from that first date, and it was on uh, December the 6th, of 1983, our first date. That was it. We were uh, together, and then we married, had two children together. And it was just our second marriage for me, um, another marriage for my husband. And when we married, I was not filled with the Holy Spirit and walking with the Holy Spirit at that time, but I knew the Lord. I grew up as a believer my husband grew up on the, uh, the, the other tracks of South Philadelphia, <laughs> and uh, so we were complementary to each other. Uh, when we married, it was, it was very interesting because I had a child, and he had a child from previous marriages. And when we got to married, my daughter decided she wanted to go and live with her father after she had been with me for 13 years, and his son decided, his his wife, his ex-wife, I guess you call it, took the son and, and went. So our children were taken away. We got married. I was in my own business at that time, Brenda Kelly Productions. And then um, my husband was in a very profitable job and lost. So God, I guess what I'm saying is that when we came together, God stripped us of everything. Our children, our income, our cars, everything. But it was the perfect storm, wasn't it? It was. And we came to the Florida area, which is where I now reside, in Florida. And we came to Florida within a month. We, we came here looking for employment, and when we came down here, it was completely opposite of what we thought. <laughs> we thought we were coming to get something we were coming for the Holy Spirit to get me, mm. you know, Amen. and um, it just it just reminds me of how God woos those that belong to him. And he owns all the souls. Right. right. He owns everyone. But he woos us with his loving kindness. And we weren't here. Uh, we were here without a car. We were here without employment. And I just knew that it was going to be OK. I just knew it was going to be okay. We tried to move into this house that was smaller than the apartment that I used to live in, and I can remember them unloading the truck and putting the things in there. And in the midst, I just stopped and I said, this will not do. This will not do. Put the stuff back on the truck. I'm not, I am not. didn't move down here to live somewhere smaller and raise a family. This, this is not. And, and it wasn't that I thought that I was above. It was just something rose up in me and said, this is not where I'm going to put you. So don't let them put you somewhere. So move. So I learned very early not to count and rely on what man required of me, but to always listen to the Lord mm-hmm. and do what the Lord wanted. You know, when you start talking, I don't know why the Lord has me sharing that, but I guess maybe it's a word to someone. I am a widow now. My husband passed in August 29th of 2011. When he passed, we had two children together, a girl and a boy. So when we came together, I had a girl, he had a boy. They both left. When we married, 
God doubled it and gave us a girl and a boy mm-hmm. together. That's the way he works. Mm-hmm. He is a magnifier yes, and multiplication God. Yes, he is. So we moved here in the early 90s. We moved here in 93. By 94, I was called from the state we moved from, which was Maryland, and the state had filed a claim on my behalf because I was let go from a position because I was pregnant. And I just didn't think anything of it. I knew that it was wrong. But God is a God of justice. Amen. And out of the blue, if you want to use that term, I received a very large settlement. It was about a year's worth of employment from when they had let me go to when I moved out of the state. They had to back pay me my and it was almost $60,000. And you didn't even wow, that's pursue fantastic. this. No, I did not pursue it. God brought it to me. Mm-hmm. And that's been my relationship with the Lord. Lord, if if this is something I need for where you're taking me in this season, then you bring it to me. And everything I need is within my reach. Mm-hmm. And when we need something that may be a little higher than I reach, my God will give me a step stool. And I will go up there and I will get it. But everything that we need at any point in our time is right there if we will just extend our hand and reach for it. Because his hands are always opened, aren't they? Yes, they are. We had the funds to custom build a house, put down the deposit, and furnished it. I got into Florida art and did all the craft shows and traveled the state and bought all original art and just decorated that house the way I wanted it. Moved in there, had our second child, Derek, and that in itself is a testimony. I was 38 when I had my second child. I married my husband when I was 35. Of course, when you're at that age, doctors want you to go and get checked and make sure you're good to go. And I was fine and doing well at that time. And when I uh, decided that we, I heard the Lord say, you're going to have a son. Mm. And I said, yeah. And he said, dark hair, dark eyes, and you'll name him Derek. And I have dark hair and dark eyes. Anyway, I went to the doctors and the doctor said that there were C-sections in my uterus, uh, C-cells for cancer. Cancer. And so my husband had, um, his mother passed from stomach cancer. So of course, when I told my husband that he um was red flags yeah so anyway um let me let me just kind of skip through this a little bit and um i told my doctor at the time i said just do what you have to do the lord told me i'm going to have a son and everything's going to be fine so just do what you got to do now i was 41 i was 42 when i had my son my last child i didn't feel any age i just am who i am and i do what what i do There were several procedures. They would go in and they would remove certain things and pieces of it. And then you'd come back in a week or so and they'd test you and, oh, there's still more. Then you would do this and and they would do it. And the doctor said, well, if for any reason you were to get pregnant, we'd have to we'd have to sew that up, wait till you were birthed and do it. I said, no, 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 no. God said, he said, well, after that third procedure, he said, well, don't do anything. And listen, my husband and I were in love, had a wonderful relationship from day one <laughs> to the last day. And so uh, he said, well, 
you don't do anything, you it may be difficult, and you may not be able to get pregnant. Well, I was pregnant the next week. And so, anyway. That's how the father rolls. Yeah. Right. And I knew. And I knew every time. And it's going to be interesting. He told you to name him Derek. Yeah. What is the meaning for Derek? Derek is a device that is put on the top of an oil well. Right. And when that oil, when that top cap, which is called a Derek, is turned or removed, a gusher of oil will come up. Right. And so, my son is now 18 pretty close to leaving the home. So once I can step down from that full-time, at-home, at-home mom, right? God will go. But I have been ministering all along as well. But anyway, Derek was born, um, all three of my children, from first pain to having them in my arms, was two hours. And always had easy births. In fact, Derek... Uh, they were checking me, and the nurse started panic, and she's yelling, code blue, stat, the cord's wrapped around the doctor. And I'm like, it's okay. Uh, Mrs. Uh-huh. Kelly, you don't understand. It's okay. Let me just backtrack and bring my husband, my beloved, into the picture here. Um, in 1995, we built this custom home. And, of course, Derek was born in 96, the year later. And in 1995, my, fa- my husband was a Naui scuba instructor, and he was giving um, scuba lessons to all of the leadership in our church that we were in. And during a shore dive, he had gone uh, scuba diving and was not very low, but blew the fifth and sixth vertebrae disc all the way across his back. And had this, and we went to, when he came home, he went, of course, I couldn't lift or do a lot of things. I was carrying our son. And we went to a, uh, I won't say the name, but we went to one of those emergency places. And they just gave him um, seven different prescriptions prescriptions and said, go home and just bed rest. And then you can call this um, orthopedic surgery in you know, they make like appointments for a month or two months down the road. Right. Well, we were home for the next day and my husband was hallucinating in fetal position and just the drugs were not doing it. And we didn't know what had happened because all they did was give him prescriptions and mm-hmm. send him home. Anyway, we, um, the next day I called this doctor and I, and I commanded, you will see this man. I will bring him, and you will see him today. He cannot live this way. And when we got him to the office, you know, they did. I was not denied. Let me just put it that way. I was not denied because I would not take no for an answer. Knew what I was to do, and it was to just take charge. And I'm, I'm to this day, and I have all the, I've never been a shy person. <laughs> and so when I say what I say, I, I mean what I say. And so anyway. Then we took him immediately to the hospital. We drive up to the hospital. As soon as we pull in the front of the hospital, the whole drive chain 
falls out of the car and it couldn't go anywhere anyway. So, you know, it was just, okay, God. So I'm out of that car, getting him into the hospital, getting him in there. They check him and they find out that every nerve across the upper and lower back is severed. There's no connection between upper and lower. He was in fetal and put him into a chair and then put him, so he wasn't walking. Anyway, they did some testings and they kept him there for, you know, I think it was like two days. And then they did surgery and they moved all the pieces and he had numbness from the waist down. And the doctors came in and said, you know, it was just their report. He would need one of those. He says, you're going to need a lark machine. You'll be riding around in that. And I said, no. I said, he'll be fine. Do what you got to do. That seems to be what I come out of my mouth. (laughs) Do what you got to do. Do what you do. I never even really said God has got this. It was just the spirit within me rising up and not taking anything that man wanted to put on me. I, I just would not receive it. I just wouldn't receive it because I knew that wasn't part of what I see happening. So I'm not going to receive it. Mm-hmm. He slowly uh, got out of the hospital, went to full um, a walker with full plastic leg braces. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the braces were eventually moved, removed, and then to the walker. And then eventually he walked. But you could see that there was an unbalanced Mm -hmm. and always had neuropathy Mm -hmm. in his leg and in his feet. So if he was to walk at times, we'd go to the beach. If he walked from the sand and sat down, there'd be third degree burns on his feet because he couldn't feel how hot the macadam or the sand was. So I became a caretaker and a wife and a mom. This has been what God has done with me. There's always been one of those, what your mother would say when it rains, it pours kind of things. But I never saw it that way, Trish. I, I mean, I, I never saw it that way. It was just did what was in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And so um, we got through all of that. And in um, 2009, when all of the funds started drying up and uh, the jobs were, my husband was in management here, was dislocated. Um, he had um, a sore on his foot on his heel and it because he couldn't feel it it just went to the bone and ended up um, in the hospital for that and then came home from that had ports and needed di- um, antibiotics all the time anyway I would always remember that when I would think of my husband that he was oh he was slow we always had to stop and do this and do that and And then you think, thank God, he's there to do it. He's there Mm. to be with the children and be. But he was a different dad to the children, but he was a great dad. He was, my children think he's, we always think of the wonderful things, those things that are lovely and pure. When we talk about uh, their dad, we talk about, you know, how he loved pizza and tuna subs and, you know, those things. And, um I don't know where my time's going, but he he was in the hospital. Uh, my oldest daughter was in college and had her dream vacation of going to Paris. And so her and her girlfriend had gone to Paris one summer of 2011. And uh, my husband was in the hospital. He um, had this thing with his heel and had gone to get a checkup. And they were amazed at how fast it was healing. 
And of course, I prayed on it every night and bandaged it and helped him. He had a home nurse. He ended up going for his checkup, and they immediately noticed that his heart was off rhythm and that he had apparently had a silent heart attack at some point mm-hmm. oh. and immediately wanted him to go to the hospital. And he said, nope, can't do it. I got to go home and get my wife. I have to kiss my wife before I can go anywhere. And so he did. And he came home, got me. I put him in the car and took him to the hospital. And he, we went to one hospital, but they did not have a cardiac um, department. So uh, he was there for a day, and then they took him to Florida South, where they have, and they took him there, did the stent, and everything was fine with his heart. But in the meantime of his time between having the silent heart attack and the repair of the heart, the lungs were off the breathing was off and scarred inside the lungs Mm -hmm. from the erratic heartbeat. So they had to put one of those BiPAP things. It's It's like a mask of oxygen. It's one step away from a respirator. So anyway, he was on 100% oxygen, completely sedated most of the time, and I kept everyone from his room. He was in ICU, and he had uh, his own room. It was very difficult. And in the midst of this, the Lord is telling me to start a new ministry. One of the radio programs that I do is called Women in Christ. And he said, I want you to have a meeting for women in Christ. It's time for you to help people take up their sword. And so I knew that there was a meeting to happen that was going to be called Take Up Your Sword. Mm -hmm. And I looked up. I said, Lord... And so I'm planning that, and I'm also thinking, the Lord's telling me, I'm giving you a new name. And I'm thinking, okay. So I go in a dictionary, and I have the twenty, uh, the 1828 dictionary, Webster's, and I've got a 1953. I like the older dictionaries because they use scripture and they use more defined descriptions with words. If you look up the word Brenda, it's an English name, and it means sword, Hmm. burning sword. And so I knew that it was me that was going to have to pour out to help other people see, speak the word, because in the Bible, the sword is the word. Mm -hmm. And we know that he was the word and the word was Jesus. He was the word. And so if we have Jesus in us, then we're to become word. Mm-hmm. And so everything we speak has to line up with the word, everything. Amen. And so anyway, in this story with Jim, they did a they did a surgery to check his lungs, and they were so badly scarred that they were tearing, and of course they had to do blood and mm-hmm. uh, tubes to drain and um, drain his lungs. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was not coherent very often. They at one point was able to get him off the BiPAP for just a few hours. And then I had left that day and then he had something in the night and they had to put it back. And uh, my husband was in the hospital in ICU for 42 days. I visited him for 40 days. Now, anybody who reads the word would know the importance of 40 40 days. days. Mm -hmm. And of course, I didn't realize that until hindsight. 
Well, God, God is all about numbers. Yes, yes. He, is. yes he is. I love to know what things mean. Mm. It was very interesting. Uh, the night, uh, August the 20th, was my first meeting of Take Up Your Sword. And that night, his oldest son came and visited him. The following week in August, I had, um, it was a Wednesday night, and I thought, you know, Jim is just not looking good. I, I cannot keep his children from him. Mm-hmm. Although I was keeping everyone else out in the room because I would visit him every day. And when I left, I told the nurse the same thing. I valet parked every day so that I had the privilege of coming back in the middle of the night if I needed to, to valet park. Because once you valet park and have a ticket, mm-hmm. you have that for 24 hours. Right. And so I did that every day. I valet parked. I would leave my husband and I'd tell the nurse, now when he wakes up at night and uh, you see that he's healed, take all the tubes out of him, document your miracle, call me, and I'll come pick him up. (laughs) I said that every night. And they would just look at me. And because my husband had, I know that there's no cameras here yet, but my husband had like a six to eight inch book of medical record. Okay. Through this time, I kept seeing the numbers 222. 222. And there's been other series of numbers in my life as well. But 222, I kept seeing during the month of August. And I'm like, okay, God, what's that mean? 222, just three twos. My son, uh, Derek, is visiting. I, I try not to skip around so that you can follow what I'm saying. But I had brought my son, Derek, who was 15 at the time, in to see his dad on a Wednesday. He saw his dad and it's, it's not a pretty picture to go and see someone who is On not how support, right? you remember seeing him. Mm-hmm. But I just felt led to do that. And every day I would literally walk up and down the halls singing in the spirit in my prayer language. And then I'd come back in and sit down and doctors from all different floors would come in and just sit and talk to me. And I'd say, you know, God... If there's somebody you need to bring in this room, can you just get them here so I can talk to them and then we can go? Because at that point I was thinking, well, who needs to see this so that we can get this done and Jim can be healed and we can go home? Mm-hmm. I'm ready to move on. Enough is enough of this. You know. I, I know those words. You know, and so <laughs> people would come in and just sit and talk. The cleaning ladies would would let me pray for their families, and the nurses were all they all knew. And during these 42 days, three separate times, the doctors would come in and talk to me about pulling the plug. Mm-hmm. And I would simply say to them, "Do what you got to do. I'm not God, and my God is in charge. I'm not in charge." The night that Derek had visited his dad, I came home, and I know it's a Wednesday night. I walked into my uh, bedroom, and I had all tile floors in the house that we lived in, and I picked up my perfume. I have a favorite perfume that I love, and I, Shalimar, the, the real perfume. I dropped it, and it broke all over the floor and shattered. And I knew that I was, like, not myself because of the drama of the day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but my entire house smelled of perfume. And of course, I thought of my alabaster box. Mm-hmm. People are not going to know what my oil cost. They're just not going to know the price 
that you have to pay to have the life and the intimacy with Christ that comes as a great reward by standing behind him as a shield. I just cleaned it up and I said, you know, Lord, it's okay. I don't mind smelling this. It's okay. I just cleaned it up. That was on a Wednesday. The following, um, it was a Tuesday. I was there Monday night, said what I said to the doctors or to the nurse. You know, when he sits up, take the plugs out of him, document your miracle, give me a call, and I'll come and pick him up. I, I did that. I came home, and it was early in the morning. They called me and said, Mrs. Kelly, we need your permission to give him more blood. I think that happened maybe four or five times during mm-hmm. the whole ordeal. God works with me with the number of five, which means grace. And so many things happen with five in my life. I'm on my way. I'm on the 408 driving towards the hospital, and then I get the other car, the other call that my husband had passed. And so I went. There was a chaplain there waiting for me. He said, can I help you? And I said, um, Holy Spirit already has but thank you anyway. So he sat there and um, watched me, and I just embraced my husband and kissed him. And, of course, there was many things that took place in that relationship Mm -hmm. during those 42 days. But, you know, and then you you go and you make those calls. And, of course, my daughter was in Paris, so I had to talk to her via Skype. And many things in between that, we, we, we got over that hurdle. And I remained in the home for two years and had gone through a series of papers where uh, the house was in foreclosure. But let me get back to 222 because this is more important than Mm -hmm. even the next portion of the testimony. That's a double of the 111. Well, 1111 is another number. It's a good number. That shows up in this testimony as well. But that was given to me many years before. But... A woman in our church had just spoke on 222, and it was all scriptures based out of chapter 222 or chapter 222 in the New Testament. And here with me and my conversation with God, you know, God, I don't want to reread something somebody's already said. I want something from you. What do you say to me? What do you say to me? So I just stood in front of my Bible, and I ended up 2 Samuel I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 22, 2. And this is the chapter that talks about David in the cave of Adullam. And we know that um, David departed and he escaped. And I needed a place of escape because all this had happened Mm. and I did not expect it. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I just needed to know what God was going to do. What are you doing, God? What are you doing? All the dreams, all the visions, all the ministries, all the things. My husband would be, well, what is God telling you to do? All the time. He would always want me. I was the minister in the house. He was the head of the household. He would always tell me, Brenda, God doesn't give you something because you can do it. He gives you things because you will do it. And he's right. If I hear God, I will do it. Mm-hmm. And so in this scripture of um, 1 Samuel 22, 2, let me just read the first and second. And actually, it goes to the third scripture. But the second scripture is what God was telling me was my new assignment. 
That's what the 222 was, my new assignment. So David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his families, his household heard of it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was with them, everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was in discontent, gathered to him, and he became captain over them. Now there was about 400 men with him. And David went from there to Mizpah of Moab, and he said to the, to the king of Moab, Please let my father and my mother come and stay with you until I know what God will do for me. That was exactly what I had said to God. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for me? And he is going, he puts people that are distressed, people that are in debt, people that are in discontent with me so that I can take up the sword and show them how the word is there for them. Mm-hmm. After my husband had passed, I must have had way over $300,000, $400,000 worth of medical debt. Mm-hmm. And it was very overwhelming. There was a lot of debt. There was a lot of debt because of his medical condition. Mm-hmm. The work was here and there. And I ministered. I was mom. And that was what we prayed, and that was what God allowed And so I had this stack of bills on my desk, and I said, okay, God, about a week later, about a week later, I said, every day I'll open three. That's all you're going to get. I'm only going to open three. I would open three. I would call each company, and each company would say, oh, Mrs. Kelly, we're so sorry. We'll take care of that debt for you. Wow. I did not pay one penny of that debt. Wow. Every one. And I did three a day, every one. And I had to send copies of this or I had to do that. Mm -hmm. But I can talk to those that are in debt that had to depart from where the enemy was trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. I can talk to those that are distressed, discontented, because I've had to live and become the word to know what God would do for me. And so when you want to know when you're in a place, you need to say, God, what are you saying to me? We have to be able to have a hearkening of our ears where we know what God will do for us. Mm-hmm. And that's just been uh, the thing. I, I, you know, I wanted the house. I, for a year, I would, I would run around my house literally I would walk around my house. I'd prayer walk the corners. I would take each corner and pull over a net of his banner of love so that I was protected. Um, I walk in a prophetic and apostolic anointing. And so there were many acts that I would do on that property. But one that I will share with you was I had my sword, which is about 35 inches long, 40 inches long, running around, glory to God. God, you will get the glory. God, you will get the glory. God, you will get the glory. This house is paid in full by God alone. This house is paid by God alone. And then he took me into Joshua and had me put all my papers in a clay pot, if you remember Mm -hmm. the property deeds of that. Well, I did not end up keeping the house. I was evicted. 
experienced a lifestyle there I'd never experienced before. But when I ran around that house, I came back in with tears. I sat on the sofa and I said, God, I don't know how you're doing this, but I belong to you. And I believe your word says that you will protect and provide for what you own. And you own me. Mm -hmm. You own me. Well, all of a sudden, my mouth was really hurting. And I went in and was looking at my mouth, all of my fillings, and I have about nine in the top and nine at the bottom or fillings, they're all filled with gold. And I'm like, glory. The gold dust, the gold is glory. God, you will receive glory from everything that comes out of my mouth because it will pass my teeth and it will come out to give you glory. Yes. And I will be refined as gold and it'll come out. Well, another jump ahead. I did uh, lose the house, experience things that I never thought I would experience. Um, A friend allowed me to stay at her house. I was looking at trailers. I was I was on Social Security. I had nothing. I had no no insurance, no bank account, no nothing. Everything was paid for, so there wasn't anything. And um, the house was in foreclosure, so there wasn't any anything. Anyway, I was looking at these trailers, and my friends were saying, "Brenda, you can't live there. Brenda, you you can't live there." And and fine, I I it's had to I had to give away about half of my possessions was stolen, so. And I still fill up a little three-bedroom house. I mean, I ha- I've been very blessed. I had a beautiful home, four acres on a lake, custom. That's where God had me enjoy my family and raise my children. And all glory to him that I was blessed to live there for the time he let me live there. Amen. But I just, I just said, you know, God, I need to know what you're going to do for me. What are you going to do for me? Well, on the 10th day which is a double portion of my grace. Right. Um, my son, I picked him up from school, and we were driving through our neighborhood because my prayer was that he could stay in the same high school, stay with the same sports and the same friends, that I'd be in the area. And so I saw this house and that was for rent, and this man was sitting in the driveway, and I stopped, and he says, Would you like to look inside? And I just looked at him, <laughs> and I said, Sure, is it for rent? He says, yeah. Come to find out, he was sitting there waiting for someone else to come and look at the house that never showed up. God had him sitting there waiting Mm. for me. Mm -hmm. What a setup, huh? And who knew I was going to drive up with my son. So I said, Derek, let's go look inside. And it is pretty much the same floor plan as the house we had, only less than half the size. Wow. Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing. And then... Um, I had to fill out. He says, well, I need references and I need um, so financial um, a credit report. I said, well, I can give you a wheelbarrow of references. That's not a problem. But I have no credit. I just was evicted from a home. I have nothing. I am a minister of the word. And I can show you bank accounts when I have different functions and things like that. And ended up this guy and I connected his wife and him and ended up sharing all this stuff. I ended up ministering to them. Uh (laughs) They call me all the time. And anyway, um, I went back to my friend's house where I was staying and I thought I was procrastinating doing the credit report. But I was on God's timing. 
my steps are ordered by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. So on a Sunday night, I went ahead and filled it in, paid my little $40 to fill out the credit report because this couple owns several homes and rents them. That's part of their income. I had not even, I, I sent it in and said, well, God, you know, whatever you do for me, whatever you do for me, because I knew, I mean, I knew. The next day, she calls me and she says, Dr. Kelly, if you'll live in our house, we would love to give you the keys to come live here. We know that you've put together, we've already sent in your credit, but we don't, it doesn't matter. We would like for you to live in our home. Well, on 11-11, 15 days after I was evicted, I had keys to a home in the same neighborhood that I had a custom-built house. How good is God? Oh, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Within two months, I had someone come to me and say, Dr. Kelly, I just see what God is doing through you. I'd like to pay your rent for you for the year. Wow. Doesn't my knees buckled. Mm -hmm. I mean I buckled. Talk about God taking care of who he owns. So for you that are listening, if you would just confess, God is my protector, God is my provider. I belong to the Lord. I do believe, I do believe my trust is in God. And that's where he is taking all his children to a place where you cannot survive had it not been for God. Mm -hmm. Had it not been for God. And those are just two small portions of my testimony into where I am now. Because God will... Things can get delayed, but God never denies the promises. That's right. And I'm in my fifth year of doing those ministries that are now called enclaves. And we do two a year. And they are extremely powerful where we give a voice to his people that would not normally have a voice. But God has been extremely faithful in all of his promises because blessed is she who believeth the fulfillment of what God has promised. And these are what he's doing. These are the days he's doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I am a testimony in, Do can I count it all joy? Not yet. Not yet. But I know how blessed I was to have what I had. Am I looking for a replacement of what I had? No. Right now, my heart has got to be a fullness of God in it. And every precious part of my heart that my beloved had a piece of, because I was one with this man, has to be removed, cleansed, filled with the light of the Lord, mm-hmm. and sealed. I have to have a wholeness because God is a whole God. Mm. And so these are the times and the seasons where I've learned, as it says in Hosea, for the widower, uh, on that day, you will no longer call me master. You will call me Ishi, which is the Hebrew name for husband. And so he is my husband. I have done a wedding ceremony to be married to the Lord. And as, as goofy as that may sound to some people, I take my betrothal and my commitment 
to be the bride without spot and wrinkle very seriously, to do these things as an act of will, free will, and choice to the Lord, I believe is what God has given me proof of, is that when Scripture says, if you honor God, he will honor you. Mm-hmm. Again, I walk in uncommon favor, I walk in uncommon health, and I walk in uncommon wealth. And it's because I know what God will do for me. And when somebody comes to me for prayer or for something in those states of what the men were that David became captain over, mm-hmm. I have testimony to share and tell them, well, let's say what you do have, not what you don't have. And so it becomes a place in our lives where we don't look at what was as lack. We look at what was as a blessing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've taught my children. Let's talk about dad and be thankful for those things that we did have. Do you know how blessed my children are that have parents to death do they part? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know how blessed my children are to know the Father loved them, and they can have a relationship with the heavenly Abba Father. Mm -hmm. We dated our children when they were two. My husband would take Erica to the play and to to dinner. I would take Derek to go do something and go to dinner. So we always dated our children, and then we would date Mm -hmm. ourselves. And so we taught them about relationship. When you you have, and, and maybe that was because we were older, who knows? Maybe because we were older parents, we were so apt to want to do these things. I'm I'm sure I raised my last two children different than I raised my first child. Because my first child, uh, who was born in 75, well, the 70s was the women's lib movement. Mm -hmm. And I was in my 20s, and I was uh, in the world. Well, and it's still what I learned, too. It all comes down to every male, female that is born, it comes down to the relationship that they had with their own father. And where that comes from is where they're going to go. Well, it's important that we, even in this day, realize the importance of a, of a male father and a female mother in the house. Mm-hmm. And that we, we remember the standard that God gave us for all generations. You can say it's in the Old Testament, but he does say for all generations that this is what God has put in the word for us to have as a standard. And when we honor God, he'll honor that. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, every time my children went to school, I would bless them. I bless you. You walk in favor. I would say them. Just little things that we can do brings it together. Having dinner at the table every night. You know, just those things that Jim and I took as parents seriously because we both had previous marriages that were not all that we desired this marriage to be. Mm -hmm. And because we were in agreement, we were in one accord, and we were one. And we're two or more together. We were definitely one. Mm -hmm. So am I looking for a replacement? No. Uh No one can replace my husband. Mm -hmm. But my job right now is to to learn the knowledge of the Holy One, of the Lord, in every aspect, because this is a time in my life that I may be the rest of my life, or I may not be long. I don't know. 
God knows my days, not mm-hmm. me. And we certainly can't lean on our own understanding, no, can we? No, absolutely not. Well, that's right. Although we know God, the thing is, is that we can't think about how it might turn out. Even though I would tell those nurses, document your miracle mm-hmm. call, that was my plan. That wasn't God's plan. That was my plan. But God let me think that. Did I stand to the last minute till they came and removed me from that house? Yes, because God told me, stand. Did God know what he was doing? Yeah. But I thought God was going to keep me there and pay for that. He didn't do it my way. No. But he did it. He still did it. He still, that house was paid in full because I walked away from that house not owing anything. I was mm-hmm. debt free. And wow. so. Yep. And what God has taken you through, Justin knows, like you say, those two little testimonies makes your feeling for someone in the same situation a whole, you can, you know. Well, I can take, I can take my life according to scripture and I can show them in scripture what God is doing. Until you, it's, it's when you wonder, it's like, we said earlier, when it rains, it pours, and all these things happen. It's like, God, I mean, let up. You know, my car during this time, my car's engine blew up, my car broke down, uh, but all of a sudden, I have my same car. God's, God has blessed me. Mm-hmm. So you think, my, my husband, my home, my car, you know, the, the older children are gone and on their own little worldly ways. And it's like, God, well, where did he take me? But only the privilege get to go in the fire seven times stronger. That when we have an opportunity to have things burned off of us for others to see, we have to see it as a golden opportunity mm-hmm. to draw closer to the Lord. Absolutely. And that they see him in it. And as long as we go into things with the name that God gave us, and not go in as Meshach Abednego, and, and we don't go in with those names. We go in with the Hebrew names. We go in with the name that God gives us. Right. Because when we stand on what God says we are, and what God tells us, He will be seen, and He will receive the glory. Mm-hmm. Yes, He will. And that's my life, so that we will choose to stand on that word. When when you've done everything else, you just stand. The Lord seems to remind me of when I have an opportunity to pray with another mom or another woman is I start the prayer with repentance. I start the prayer with, Lord, forgive us that we may have not been the mother that you desired us to be, that we were what we thought we were and we did what we did. You know, a lot of times parents don't hear from children. They go off and they do these things and they don't hear them and they're all you know, constantly trying to, to make things happen. And, and it's when we let go, it's when we give it to God and wash everything away and repent that he moves. The angels are dispatched and there's manifestation instantly. Sometimes the word does tell us that when we pray, we must pray with a heart without iniquity. So if we have unforgiveness... If we have things that we have not brought to God and told him, you know, we think God doesn't see these things. Right. But God sees all. Jehovah Roi. 
he's, he's a God that sees. And so it, it really takes a quieting remembrance of prayer to help people. You, you don't have any sudden answers for people because we're not the answer. But God talks to all of us uniquely because really? we are uniquely. It Bill can be a fleeting voice. thought, and that's why we take every thought captive, mm-hmm. right? Because we need to weigh it according to the word. A lot of times, God is doing something in our lives. Am I going to give Satan and say, Satan took my husband, Satan took my home? No. These are things that God allowed for me to get to where I need to go, for my children to get to where they need to go. Would I have chosen it that way? No. But it says in the Word that God is the creator of lightness, God is the creator of darkness, and God is the creator of calamity. And so when things happen, God allows them because he's the beginning and the end. That's why, as we said earlier, we can't lean on our own understanding because we're just seeing it right here in this tunnel vision where what's we are. in front of us, right. I don't know what's to come. The word tells me greater, greater is the latter than the former. Amen. But I, this past year in 2014, I traveled every month preaching the word. Wow. I would not have done that had I still been married. Mm-hmm. I never left my husband. I never went on vacations without him. I never did any of that. A part of the minister's prayer network outreach in Nigeria, which I am associated with, Apostle Mosey Madaba and Gloria, we, uh, they are traveling to different parts in Nigeria to take food, to take clothing, and to help bring these family members into places of shelters. See, our news, they take cameras. They want to they see it. They want to film it. They want to hear the, the terror and the fear right. and the doubt. Right. But we need to be a part of our brothers' and sisters' lives. Just like in any um, foreign country where there's persecution, we are just starting to get a taste of it here. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we will not be tolerant with allowing things that others think is to be acceptable. We can't be tolerant. Jesus wasn't tolerant. There were things he hated. There were things he loved. There were things he detested. We need to know those things. We need to walk in that. That doesn't mean that we don't love the person. We hate the sin. We cannot, we cannot condone the sin. And if you are a party of helping that sin thrive, you have blood on your hands. It's the story of the watchman. Mm-hmm. If you warn yep. them and they don't listen, your hands are clean. But if you, you, war- don't. If you don't warn them, it's, it's just as if hands. you did it. Right. So if you're a part in all these things that people want, it's, it's like a, a new phase of tolerance. If you're not tolerant because this person wants to do this that was never allowed to be done before, and if you don't like it, then you're it's the one. It's not politically correct, right? right? Right. Well, that's just too bad. I would prefer to be biblically correct. Amen. Because I'm going to answer to God. You know, one of the things my husband used to always say is that when we were talking to people, he'd say, you know, when we go before the Lord, I'm standing next to you, Brenda. <laughs> And I said, oh, no, you're not. I have to stand there all by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to stand there all by yourself. Yep. He says, no, I'm going to stand next to you. 
And I said, <laughs> no. But see, people don't, you're not remembering the larger picture. Who do we answer to? The Lord. And sometimes the Lord has to allow more drastic things than other things to get us to where we have to get shifted back into the ancient paths because what we were required to be was before the beginning of time it was set. The Father, he knew you and set it when your mother's womb. And all the prayers of our ancestors, just like the praise, prayers that I pray now, um, one of the prayer groups I'm a part of is Mom's Day of Prayer, where I pray for children of everyone I know and grandchildren. Hmm. I take a day. I take five hours because that's what God gives me. And I pray. I might pray in the spirit for an hour. And then I may just sing and, and praise God for his goodness to his people. And then I may uh, pray, you know, against the wiles of the enemy and do declaring and where I demand these things to be let loose that the enemy has hold. I mean, warring, spiritual warfare, is something we have to learn to do correctly. And if we let our lives just be blown here and blown there, well, we're like the babes, Mm -hmm. right? Where the wind just tosses you to and fro. Let the wind blow. You can blow the wind because I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I am going to praise God, and I'm going to trust him. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, if I walked by sight, I don't, I'd be dead in saying something. I would not be who I am if I walked by sight. It's just been too much horrific in my life. But God is God. And, and it comes to that place, Tricia, where I know when something happens, it's like Jim getting in the hospital. It's, this is an only God thing. There's nothing I can do. But trust God sing, worship, pray. And, you know, I remember a time when... We did. We literally prayed the life back into her. Because mm-hmm. she was... Well, I tell you, it's, it's, your prayers are important. And when they come from a pure heart, the angels are set loose. God just hears that. He sets them on task and things manifest. I can remember a time when um, my husband's son came to live with us because he had no other place. And he came to live with us, and he was not doing godly things. And he'd go to school, and I'd go in that room, and I'd anoint his mirror, so when he looked in it, he'd see the things of God. I'd anoint his shoes so that his feet would be taken where God wanted them to go. And I'd lay in his bed, and I would just—I didn't know what I was doing, Trish. I'm 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 telling you these things because I didn't know what I was doing, but I was being led by the Holy Spirit. And I'd lay there, and I'd say, God— if there is anything good in me that you want me to give to this boy, pour it out of me. Put it into this mattress so that when he lays here, it'll come up in him. He would get so mad at me. I'd go in there and I'd find the things that boys don't want you to find. Right. <laughs> hidden in the sock, hidden in a glove, this, this drug, this, this picture, this music. And I put him out on the driveway. Thank God his father knew I was doing what God would lead me to do. I'd bust it. I'd burn it. He'd come home. He'd be madder than anything at me. And I said, I'd be more than happy to give you the funds that you paid for this. And you can go and buy 
what is welcomed in this house. These things are not allowed in this house. And he'd get so mad. My mother, but I said, you bring it in. It doesn't belong to you anymore. You want to go in my room? You can go in my room. That's not your bedroom. That's not my room. This belongs to God. And that's not godly, and it's not welcome in the house. It's right? not welcome in the house. And so, you know, I've done many less. You know, when that happened, that was a testimony. I God would bring me women who, uh, mothers, who needed understanding on the movies that were on their shelves. Because back in then it was VHS. Mm-hmm. And the shelves were lined with VHS. <laughs> and the music. You need to, I would go and get his music and play it. First bad word, off it went. And I said, you're not going to listen to that in this sound. I, when I grabbed a hold of an understanding of my accountability to God, nobody is going to stop me from being what God wants me to be. I am not going to let it slide. Right. It's black or white, but that's the prophetic in me. It's either a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. If I tell you yes, I will do everything in my that I can to, to do that. And be of your word, yeah. Integrity Amen. and character. But Wow. Wow. It's it's just important that we help one another because we've we've watered down our churches. We've we've watered down these things and we need to re represent Jesus. Yep. He he's been represented as Jesus loves you. He he loves you. And that's true. Yes, it is. But he loves you to cleanse you. Because he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Mm-hmm. And my favorite scriptures, James four eight. Draw near to the Lord. And he will draw near to you. Amen. Clench, rid yourself of double-mindedness. Purify your hearts, you sinners. Cleanse your hands. I love the book of James. Yeah. Yes. Amen. And that scripture, double-mindedness is rampant in what people call themselves Christians. And sometimes, I'll be real honest, sometimes I... If you ask me if I'm a Christian, I would say, well, you have to define Christian yeah, for me. Right. You really? Because my interpret what I see of Christians, I don't want to be that. Well, well I sure appreciate you coming here, yes. especially in person, because I know that you are a blessing to me. Absolutely. As well as oh, she was ministering to God me too. Stories Radio, because I think we're in a season of growth and we're believing God for some pretty big things, yes. and at times it's home. been extremely frustrating because God doesn't move on our timetable, Right. Amen. and uh, I was even contemplating some different things today concerning my job, and I'm just glad that uh, God sent you in to just kind of rebuke me <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a great way. Give yeah. us purpose again. Yes. yes. You know? Thank you. Well, we had that listener reach out, too. I know Amen. God Stories Radio, our our, our uh, motto, our mission statement is bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. To the hurting, right? Yes. And the verse that God Stories Radio stands on is 2 Corinthians 1, 
3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Amen. Mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you to uh, check out Apostle Dr. Brenda Kelly's website. Uh, it's uh, www.brendakellyministries.org, or you can reach her at Brenda at brendakellyministries.org. And it's Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, no K-E-L-L-Y. extra E in there. Right. It's a beautiful website, and uh, she has a bio on there, so you can find out more about her, because... Uh, we could talk to her all night, but oh, absolutely. that's for sure. So, yeah, and you can catch her show, Women of Christ. Tape. Women of Christ is, tell them how. Two, to... Tuesday evenings, 7.30 to 8.30, and it's on um, 89.3 FM on the East Central area of Florida. So, and you can catch it live stream on the internet? Uh, if you go to noncomradio.net which is the radio station's um, website. Okay, or 89.3 FM. Right, and you also have one on Wednesday night, right? Wednesday during the day, Day uh, 12.30 to 1, entitled Reflections. And that one is usually, God will allow me to reflect word in the life that I'm living. Very good. Oh, that's fantastic. Amen. Wow, what a session. Yes, I know. (laughs) I've... I just feel the anointing in the room. Absolutely. I could just uh, continue all night long. But anyway, I could too. Well, that about wraps it up for Session 70, and we appreciate you hanging out with us for this hour. And I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. There's nothing worth more than we'll let